Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, Johnny Junton. We're here with a very special guest. He is former University of Washington Husky, third round draft selection, and Seattle Mariners outfielder. It is my pleasure to welcome Braden Bishop to the Official Unofficial podcast. What's up, big dog? What's up? Thanks for having me. And for the people who don't know this, the reason why you came on the podcast, we connected. Logan Allen last week hopped on. I posted a clip. You said he's electric, and I do my thing saying care to come on the podcast. So that's what happened. But before yeah. before we go into that, you just love to see it with Twitter. Before we go into that, I wanted to bring up something because you're doing something really good. Uh, just being it just shows how good of a guy you are. You're doing the hits for mom. For those who aren't familiar with it, just go into the background of that, what you're doing with it, and what made you start it, all that kind of stuff. No doubt. So in 2014 my mom was diagnosed with alzheimer's and i kind of just like started like raising money like just low-key stuff yeah. um through baseball and then uh the seattle times picked up kind of like oh like he's raising money like it's a good cause you know mm-hmm. uh, newspapers love to kind of you know Pump prop up. up a player when they're doing stuff um yeah. and then I got drafted. So then obviously the platform grew and then just kind of same thing, just like small little events, like raising like a couple thousand bucks here or there. And then my first big league camp in 2017, uh, was it seven? No, it was 18. And I had tweeted the exact same thing I tweeted this year, where it's like, Hey, I'll donate, you know, $10 for a single 20 for a double uh 30 triple 40 homer and all of a sudden it like spread like wildfire and this was probably the time where the our charity like really turned the corner because we were having like jake lamb taiwan walker daniel descalso like some like big leaguers and then also a ton of minor leaguers too and it was like guys going from like hey i'll donate a dollar for every hit to like robinson cano giving us you know thousands of dollars uh, which was which was wild good but this is like the first time where i was like uh this is unreal like the money that's in the big leagues like these guys are just like man great cause give me a check and i'm used to like hey here's 100 bucks like you know just because i was on such a small scale and then you have like cano handing me a check for you know thousands of dollars and i'm like holy this is incredible like yeah. i didn't realize like the power and and then that's and then uh luckily the mariners were like all in on pushing the message and you know advocating for this so then it like really spread and honestly i don't even know if like everybody actually donated um and it sucks <laughs> because we didn't at the time we didn't have our own like donation platform so the donations didn't actually come to us yeah, it just went to the Alzheimer's Association uh, under our name. Okay. So like we never saw the money, so I don't even know how much was raised, really. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it also doesn't matter. Like I wouldn't have done anything with the money anyway. Yeah. Um, but that's like how it started, and that was in eighteen. And then the last two years, we've been able to have a Top Golf tournament in Arizona, and that was that was crazy. Like talk about electric. Like it was freaking. I mean. You had like last year. I mean, the A's were there, the Giants were there, uh, Scott Boris was there. Like it was wild, yeah, bro. Like, okay. Um, and then this year, yeah, since we can't do that, I was just like, I'll just do the hits again because it'll be a way to at least raise some money and awareness. 
Dude, I'll be expecting a check in the – no, not a check. I'll be expecting an invite in the mail to this talk yeah. golf tournament. I mean, I live in Toronto or yeah. outside of Toronto, so it's a little bit of a far plane trip, but I'll do it. I'll do, I'm, a big, I'm a big Braden Bishop guy. I'll, I'll fly down to Arizona. And, That'd and, be sick. You got an invite. I got – okay. I, if everyone listening, you heard it right here. I got the invite. But besides yeah. the fact – and could you imagine if I, when I was playing in junior college, would have – did a donation per hit you would have literally got like twenty dollars from me i hit 136 <laughs> so you hate to see it but it's actually crazy man it's it's really cool to look on that and see guys like robinson cano who kind of have i guess you can say a bad reputation in the game now just how down to earth he actually is and don't donating to your organization man so what was it like kind of playing with robinson cano it was crazy you know because he's like i think like in the game you have you know you're good play like your big leaguers like your good professional big leaguers and then you have like these superstars like and like it's in every facet of life like the cars the clothes you know yeah. just like the way he carries himself the way he plays like it's definitely a superstar so you you're kind of just like you're like kind of scared to like interact because like i don't know what he'll be like but like in my interactions with him, he was always super dope to me and he always tried to help and he would answer questions and like totally the opposite of what I thought. Um, yeah. And then obviously like him donating, he didn't have to do that. Um, but it was kind of crazy because it was like, that was the first time I'd ever like really talked to him. And I had just got out the shower and I was like, in the towel when he handed me the check. <laughs> And I was like, God, this is of course, like, can be like five yeah. minutes later. That's incredible, man. And I wanted to go into, let's go into the start here. So you're playing, you played for the university of Washington and I'm not that I'm not too familiar with that school. I just, I've <laughs> been on the basketball team a couple of times cause I'm yeah. a degenerate, but uh, <laughs> what's that school like? Is it a party school? What is it? Is it like a little bit more laid back? What's going on at UW? No, it's definitely not a party school. I would say the party <laughs> school in Washington is Washington State okay. for sure. Um, um, I would say it's very it's so a lot of the teachers and professors there write their own textbooks. So oh. it's like a top research university in in the world, but it's hard as like it's super hard because they're all teaching from their own textbook that they yeah. wrote so it's like <laughs> if you you know if you don't agree with their opinions then they just crush you so academically it was tough but it's right on the lake in in uh seattle lake washington so yeah and then our ballpark was like right on the lake so like center field if you hit it over center it would go in the lake so it was a beautiful school and you know i got to stay in seattle which was pretty dope Dude, yeah, I it's I, I like the colors. Like I don't, I don't like I said I don't yeah. know too much about the squad. I don't know if the baseball team's good, all that kind of stuff. Credit to me for not knowing that. But like, <laughs> it's just when I think of UW, I I just think naturally of Gardner Minshew. He didn't go there, but he went to he went to Wazoo. Yeah, I believe. Is, it, is yeah, that what it's yeah. called, Wazoo? Mm -hmm. and, and when I think of like I think of your school as like the academic school where all the, like the freak yeah. the freak nerds go, like that are yeah. just crazy <laughs> smart. And then you got Gardner Minshew <laughs> at Washington <laughs> State wearing jorts which i started by the way so i mean what yeah. was your time like there do you did you guys play each other a lot and was there like a massive rivalry or what was going on yeah there? oh yeah for sure the rivalry is crazy and the first time i really so my freshman year we played them the last the rivalry weekend was the last weekend of the year and um it was in the middle so like usually 
you go like one year you play at UW, one year you play at Wazoo, and then the third year you play at like a neutral site. I don't know why they do that, but there's a stadium like right in the middle um, of Eastern and Western Washington. Mm -hmm. So you play there. And so my freshman year I got hurt, so I couldn't go, but I watched on TV and it was like crazy, like packed. (laughs) And I was like, damn, like, you know, because you get a couple of thousand, like it's college baseball. Seattle's too big of a city. Yeah. You know, there's two, you got the Seahawks, the Mariners, the Sounders, the the rain, the storm. So like, there's so much going on. Um, so like, who's going to come to a packed old baseball game. And then my sophomore year, we ended up playing them the first time in a midweek game and it wasn't a conference game. I think they were just like playing on our side of the state. So we played them yeah. and it was like 9,000 people like standing Holy room shit. only in our new stadium um and this was a midweek so i was like holy smokes like, this is crazy and yeah. like you know people are drinking and like the we had just built this new stadium and had like a beer garden and fans were going crazy and like you know just like you felt that was like the first time i felt like damn like this is what a rivalry feels like yeah. and i think we ended up winning three two and then we went to wazoo and i think it was like mom's weekend or something so it was packed when we were there. Um, and I think, I honestly think we beat them every year, like won the series. Uh, but they do, they did have a couple pitchers that were pretty nasty. Yeah. No, it's yeah. the, the Pac 12 is pretty good for baseball. I mean, the Pac, it's sure. not like, I mean, the like the Big 12 is crazy. Or the, uh, yeah, the Big 12, right? That's a conference. Yeah. What am I saying? The Big 12, yeah. the Big 10, you got all these nasty schools, but the Pac 12 yeah. is definitely underappreciated. But I wanted to go into you getting drafted third round, humble brag, whatever, little chunk of change in the bank account for you. You love to see it. What, where were you when you got drafted? How did you find out? And was the Mariners that one team that just kept contacting you or, or did you not expect to go there? Yeah. Um, so like that, I had just, school had just finished and I was packing up my apartment because I was expecting, you know, to get drafted by some team, go to rookie ball somewhere, in the, you know, middle of nowhere. And then, uh, the night before the first round, my you had like a call with my agent and saying, like, hey, these are teams that are interested, but like you're not the only guy that are interested there. So like how the draft shapes up, like who's taken, like our pitchers getting taken, our position players. And uh he was like, it's gonna one of two ways, like they're gonna take pitchers early, and then like the position players like they'll go with in like the fifties. Or it'll be the opposite where they take position players early. So like yeah. those early pitchers, they'll fall to the fifties or whatever. And I think like the earliest I was hearing was like in the forties. Um, but they were like, it's a stretch, like some yeah. things would have to happen. So, um, <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to watch the draft. Cause like if you're pushing day one and you don't get picked, like yeah. you're watching the whole freaking day and that's just a waste. And so then I end up, um, uh, not going day one and of course i'm an idiot i watch the whole thing um so you know you're feeling terrible you, yeah. you go into the next day and it's like five minutes to the start of the draft and it was like i think pick 75 on that on day two and i was like shit, like like i might slip like once it gets to like round five then they start taking all the seniors yeah uh, the senior signs and 
I'm like, well, I slip past there. Like, I'm going after the 10th round. And like, I was like, just, you know, my mind's like, like what a failure that would be. <laughs> like going from like, could go in the forties to, and uh, so then my agent calls me like five minutes before draft. It's like, Hey, uh, the Mets at uh, the Mets at like 90, the Mets at 89 might take you, but if they don't, Seattle's going to take you at 94. And I was like, oh, shoot, like, if I had the choice, like, I want to go to Seattle because, like, yeah. I'm in Seattle. Their rookie ball is 30 minutes away. I could stay in my apartment, Arizona spring training. Oh, yeah. um, so it gets, like, 89, and I'm sweating, like, it's like <laughs> just waiting to see what they do. And then they end up taking somebody else. So that's when I knew. Uh, but still, I was holding my breath because – you never know. But anyway, I, the reason why I fell so far was it happened exactly the way he's, uh, my agent had said, where it was like they they thought that all these pitchers would be gone early, but they all fell into the 40s and 50s, um, like really good college arms. Yeah. And we ended up taking one of them, Andrew Moore. And, uh, yeah, he made it to the big leagues with us in 17. So, yeah, but it all worked out in the end. I'd say it worked out. And honestly, credit to you goes to show how like how self-aware you are, because at least you didn't do pull a stunt where you had like a draft party on day one. Yeah, exactly. Like nah. there's tons of people yeah. there and it's like your yeah. name doesn't get called. Yeah, no, my brother did. I did not. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about your brother. We'll go back in your childhood for a second, because obviously, I mean, your family just breeds athletes. Hunter Bishop, electric DJ, electric baseball player. <laughs> and then you have Raiden Bishop here played as in the show. Ever heard of it? So, I mean, growing <laughs> up, what was that rivalry like, man? Because you both are dogs. So it must have been very unfair to be facing you two just on the street. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was crazy. We were so, so competitive. I mean uh we're separated by four and a half years so we never got to like play on the same like competitive team but we always played each other so whether it was like basketball hockey um baseball um uh, football whatever like i would never let him win ever <laughs> like even if he found yeah. a way i would still i would like make up a reason why he couldn't win so <laughs> i think like that's the reason why he's like he is like how he's com so competitive Cause he like never won, but he was always like fighting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's wild. Like he's wild. He's like one of the most um, gifted <laughs> performers. Like I can't even just say athlete. Cause yeah. it's like everything he would do. It was like, damn, like you're so like raw at this, but like there's so much talent. Like whether it was like singing when he was like younger and you're like, like what the hell's that? I didn't even know you could <laughs> sing like that. And then, you know, you have him, like, he'll pick up a guitar and just start, like, yeah. crushing. And you're, like, when did you learn the guitar? Like, the piano. Um, and then also, like, he'll, like, play quarterback and be, like, oh, I'm getting recruited by all these schools to play quarterback. And then just, like, randomly be, like, no, nah, I'm going to play receiver. And then get a D1 offer as a receiver. Uh, yeah, it's so wild. He, so he got offered as a quarterback at a high school? Yeah, so he was – he played quarterback his freshman, sophomore, junior year. And then he got banged up pitching. Uh, so he was like, well, I don't want to play football. So I'm going to just play a receiver my senior year. And then he just like went off, had like 60 catches, like, just <laughs> you know, he's fast, big, whatever. And uh, then University of Washington was like, hey, like, we 
come play. And so he committed to play football at UW. And then the head coach at Arizona State for baseball called my dad. I was like, hey, look, like I know he's playing football, but if he ever wants to play baseball, I'll hold a spot for him. Wow. And then he went to his senior year of baseball and, you know, just went off. And like all these scouts were talking to him. You know, he's like 6'4", like 180 pounds at the time. So they're like left-handed hitter power. And so then he, you know, I think it's just like they greased him up, uh, maybe like fluffed him up a bit, like during yeah. baseball. So he was like, that was like the last thought in his mind. He's like, I want to play baseball. And then he did that. But then when he was at Arizona State, his sophomore year he was struggling. He's like, I'm going to go play golf. <laughs> and it's like, but he's like a really, really, really good golfer. So oh, I hate wild. those guys. I hate, I know. I, all respect to your brother. He's a legend, future <laughs> guest of the show. I hate, despise those guys that like I'll be in the weight room every single day training, yeah. hitting yeah. in the cages, like taking ground yeah. balls. And this guy just shows up to practice and they'll just hit nukes. It's the most, yeah. anno- it's insane. It's insane. I know it's incorrect. Cause if I did the half the things he did, I'd be out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> it, dude, it, it's unfair, man. But you honestly have to take credit for how successful he is because you were a dog in high school. You were like, obviously you went D one. So he saw that and he was competing against a guy four and a half years older. That was probably the yeah. best in his class. So yeah. you got to take credit for that. He has to put that in his bio or some shit on Twitter. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all me a hundred percent. And I never let him live that down, but it's to. for, it is for sure. Like he, Cause I mean, it sucks like growing up and people being like, Oh, you're Braden's brother. You're Braden's yeah, brother. Yeah. Like everywhere he goes. And like that pissed him off. I know it did. So now it's like, now people ask like, are like, Oh dude, like you're Hunter's brother. And I'm like, wow. Nah. Like F you bro. Like <laughs> so I'm idea, not, I'm the older one. The tables turn, man. The tables all, they, they, they turn real, real quick, but I gotta, we gotta go into the minor leagues here. I'm a minor <sighs> league guy. And there's one city that I have to ask you about that you played in. This city has gotten absolutely torched, roasted on this podcast by literally every single guest. Every guest say this is the worst city they've ever played in. What was your time like in Clinton, Iowa? I, I have to ask you. <laughs> I knew that. Um, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> so I would say it's probably the hardest three months of my whole life. <laughs> like, so there's no, like now it's change. I'm yeah. obviously, I don't even know if there's a team there anymore. I don't um, know if I'm like there is. I, I don't yeah. Know so anyway, when I was there, there was no like apartments. Um, <laughs> so they were, it was kind of like, um, I don't even know, like, I don't even know what to call them. They were like, basically like if you built up like concrete blocks yeah, and then painted them like a tan color, <laughs> like that's what these look like. Um, and <laughs> like, so I was like, I'm not living there. Like I, yeah. I'm not going to live there. Um, and so we ended up finding a house like, <laughs> it just shows how ridiculous this was so we met a realtor and then she was like oh why don't you live with my son who just got a house <laughs> so we lived in this town called dewitt and it was like 20 minutes like north of clinton and it was literally one road like you got out of the <laughs> freeway and it's just one road for like a mile and there's like houses off of it yeah and so literally all we did was sleep and go to the field and that was it. Like I loved road trips. 
because oh. um, <laughs> you get like a hotel yeah. and it's yeah. like nice um yeah so stayed there and then the stadium was just run down um it it was the first like month and a half was freezing and the <laughs> i'll never forget it was like one night game and it's like around the mississippi river and there's just like thousands of bugs like everywhere yeah and they, they like the light so i'm playing the outfield guy hits a ball and i feel like i was in a snow globe like the <laughs> ball was coming down and it, like and then just from like the they would like shoot the birds with like a bb gun that were like stuck <laughs> in the stands and like put them in trash bags and oh my god and then the they wanted to play like every single game and it's like snowing and it's like 9 p.m and they're like get out there like go play Jesus uh, Christ! the visitors hotel had bed bug dude traps. yeah there, there's yeah. stories there's stories about that that i think on this show and the, the worst part of about that is in the visitors dugout there was like no <laughs> yeah. cement there was no cement floor <laughs> it was dirt right i know yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah but it's funny because like the the visiting clubhouse attendant at the time his name was garrett eggers yeah he picked me up from the airport um when i landed there and he was like hey like I've lived in Clinton my whole life. Like, I just want you to know, like, it's going to be different. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is, like, my first, like, but he he ended up being, like, one of the dopest dudes I knew out there. Like, I still keep in touch with them. But, yeah, I mean, I'll probably never go back to that place Dude, again. I, I say that about where I played. I, I played junior college in Nebraska, McCook, in, the, like, the yeah. smallest town in Nebraska. And I literally yeah. say this, like, I will ne- like I'll never go back. The only listen, I want to make a pack here. The only way I go back is that they retire my jersey with how big this podcast <laughs> is getting. That's the only way I go back to McCook, Nebraska. I will drive around it. I literally sure. I can't even put that on my mind how small and weird the town is. But dude, like and with Clinton, Iowa, I do you think that major league teams do that to kind of make you want to work harder to go to the show? Because there's no logical reason as to why there's a team in Clinton, Iowa, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think honestly, it just goes along with like the like grimy, like yeah. grind of the minor leagues. Um, you know, I remember like my first week there um, on the wall, you had like it has like in the clubhouse, it had like past big leaguers or whatever. So, like, every team that had been there, whatever like organization it was, like yeah. it would say, so it was like for us, it was like Kyle Seeger guys like that and i remember like looking at that and i'm like damn like all these guys have been through here like and then when i left when i left i was like they probably all said the exact same thing like 100 (laughs) like like, and every guy says i almost quit dude it's just different it's insane and honestly like could you imagine a guy as big as Kyle Seeger, like just a hot shot? Like I think he was a first rounder, right? I don't know if he was. Yeah. I don't know if he's a first round. Could yeah, you imagine Tom. like a first rounder who just signed for like five mil? He's in Clinton, <laughs> Iowa, looking around like, is this worth it? Is is I'm, this worth yeah. it? It's. Crazy. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they, with us, and I don't know about Miami when they were there, but I know for us, like we sent some first rounders, like down not because they weren't like doing great but it's like <laughs> mentally like to just like get yeah. out of there yeah um, no, for, for sure 
it's what? just it's different but i guess it's all part of it like, it's a part of the grind it. it's like you a story it's a story you can bring up to like like a superstar because i guarantee you guys like mike trout all these kind of guys have went through there i i'm not i'm Absolutely. assuming so they have so it's like something it's like a conversation starter so thank you clinton iowa for starting yeah, exactly. conversations in the show yeah. But the next town I want to bring up is is Donnie Walton gave an electric story about this town. He said he was playing in the middle of a game and there's gunshots and shit in left field, right field. Modesto, uh, Modesto, yeah. Cal- California. What's it like playing yeah. in Modesto, man? Well, so I had like the most wild uh, experience because the year before Modesto, we were in Bakersfield. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which yeah. is like a little more south and uh, like more like central, like southern central and there was literally a guy that climbed the light pole with a gun in his hand (laughs) and like we turned around and we're like what and like sprinted off the field we're like what the what is happening like the police and fire department had to come out because it's like this guy who's just like higher than a kite who's like up (laughs) with a gun and so the fire department has to pull him down and then we start the game like the uh, batter's eye insane. was like the batter's eye was like shifted to the left so it wasn't like in the center <laughs> so like they would start the game at 7:15, and then the sun would get like in between the the far uh furthest right part and the fence so we had to pause the game for like 15 minutes while the sun went down and then restart like we had a guy who was dressed as a Spider-Man who was naked, just a Spider-Man mask, jumped over the fence and <laughs> ran across the field. I mean, that that place was was crazy. Um, that was actually a place that Josh <laughs> Hamilton had his uh, drug relapse. It yes. was like because there was um, the Reds were there before us and there was a there's a bridge. So like you leave the stadium, turn left and there's a bridge. And I guess he relapsed like under that bridge. Um, yeah, so that was crazy. Um, but yeah, Modesto is like pretty similar. Um, but yeah, uh, honestly, for me, I liked Modesto better than <laughs> like Bakersfield. Oh, than Bakersfield? You like it? You liked it more than Bakersfield? Yeah. Well, and Clinton, obviously, but <laughs> but I'm also my family is like an hour and fifty two yeah. hours from Modesto. Okay. So I could like go home on off days and stuff. So, yeah. and I'm from different. California. So, yeah. No, it, it's a difference. Like the, the home element, I guarantee you, if you lived in Iowa and you played in Clinton, it wouldn't be that bad. Absolutely. For you. Like it's for just, sure. it, it's, it's all perspective for that. But a Clinton, I just can't imagine a scenario where someone's like, I like, I like this. <laughs> I like, can't I really either. can't. But Modesto, the cool thing about the Modesto nuts are, I don't know if, if that you were a part of that team. But they've had some wagon teams there. Because I remember Matt Festa told a story, and he was on a team that won the championship there, and they were just a shit ton of dogs on that team. Yeah. So what was your team like when you were at Modesto? Were you guys, were That's you guys a wagon? The, I was on Festas. Oh, okay, you were. Okay. That was, yeah, I was like, but I spent, let's see, I spent all the way to the end of July there, and then I got called up to AA in August because there was a, a trade. Yeah um because that was when tyler o'neill got traded for marco gonzalez yeah um and so then i went up and filled that spot um the cow league's just like wait i guess there's a reason why i got demoted yeah. to, to low a low a, it's low a just, now. yeah because it's just like it's an experience like just yeah little ballparks and like little small 
central california towns it's different for sure sure. but and you mentioned tyler o'neill that guy is the scariest human being i've ever seen on a baseball field in my life because he's he's from canada so obviously growing up i used to always see his stuff on team Mm -hmm. baseball canada what was it like just kind of seeing this human being in person squatting six plates for fun like this dude's fun like he's insane yeah yeah oh yeah no he's I remember people telling me before I met him, like, like he's different, like whatever. Um, and I remember meeting him and I was like, this is the coolest, like chillest. Yeah. You know, he's just like, just such like, he's like such one of the boys, you know? Um, and his, I'm pretty sure his dad was like uh weightlifter. Yeah. Bodybuilder. Yeah. Yeah. Bodybuilder. So just like some of the stuff. You know, because you have like your baseball lifts or whatever, and he's over here doing like chest press and like flies <laughs> and like you know like bodybuilder, yeah. but no one says anything to him. No, like none of this, you know, because it's just like let him do his thing, and then yeah. he would go out and hit thirty. You know, he's a freak. I mean, for how big he is and how fast he was, like freak. I don't get. I don't get how. Because obviously, if you look at the game of baseball, you look at guys that ob- like they're not yoked, but they're they mash. But yeah. you see guys now like Tyler O'Neill, like uh, what's that guy, Michael Lorenzen, who are just mm-hmm. literal have arms the size of thighs. Yeah. What do you yeah. think it takes to make these guys successful being that big? Because baseball is a mobile sport; like you have to be flexible, yeah. and when you have that big muscles, it's kind of hard, dude. Like for sure. Yeah. Well, I think. I think honestly, like baseball's gone through like this wave of like, okay, like we're in, you know, back in like the night, like in bonds is the steroid yeah, and yeah. stuff. It was just like I'm trying to clang and bang, like Iron yeah. Paradise, like I'm squatting, benching, rowing, like that's it. And then all of a sudden, you kind of had like Eric Cressy came in and kind of made it like this functional, like, mm. hey, you know, we move way different than any other sport you know, pitchers throw, elbow issues, uh, swinging, all that. So it became, like, more functional. And then I think that made the whole, like, clang, bang, like, I'm just trying to throw, like, as many metal plates around as I can. (laughs) I think it gave that, like, a bad name. Yeah. And then now I think it's kind of, like, steering back towards, like, we can be functional and, you know, absolutely crush, so – um that's why i think like guys like lorenzen uh o'neill you know guys who are like bigger like that stanton um you know they can do it but you also i think while you gain strength i think you also have to like take care of your body how you move and stuff Mm because i think like injury would go i think maybe i just think like if you only crush weight like that and you don't worry about your functionality and stuff i think at the end of the day you're probably putting yourself at higher risk for injury yeah and you but see i don't stands. think i don't think that like lifting itself is the issue no i just think it's the whole stretching stuff and like if you look at, mm-hmm. i don't know if stand stretching stuff but i don't know it's judge who's always injured like these those kind of guys man they're just they can't they can't help they can't get out of their own way i guess with injuries but and the next thing i wanted to bring up is is this is i was looking at your stats and i'm looking at these crooked numbers you had in 2017 and double a i mean was this one you realized like listen i think i have a, a higher chance of going to the show than not going to the show because you hit 336 in double a which is allegedly the hardest the, the hardest yeah the hardest level to get through 
So what was going right for you that year? Because that is legitimately idiotic hitting 336 yeah. double at. I know it was kind of crazy. Uh, I think so like 2017 was for sure. Probably like my best year and definitely like my breakout, like to kind of like catapult me. I think yeah. they usually say like, if you have one, like really good year in the minor leagues, you kind of like put yourself on track to like make it, you yeah. know, get, yeah. Um, you know, whether you actually get there or not, I guess is up to you. But I remember I came to 2017 spring training and I sucked like so bad. And I, I had a very different philosophy of hitting than our organization did at the time. And I was just stubborn. Like I was stubborn as shit. And, um, they, they didn't like it. Um, and I got yelled at a good amount. So I ended up, I ended up, um, changing my swing like right towards the end and i had hit with jake lamb in the off season and he had okay. dropped his hands so i was like f it like i'm just gonna drop my hands so i draw my hands and i guess like naturally i want to like raise my hands so, so then bring them back lower. up yeah, yeah so they would come back up so then all of a sudden it like held me back like a little bit more so then i started hitting off speed better and uh I just started hitting like doubles like crazy. I think I had like 36 that year. And uh, so then I got called up when Tyler got traded. And, you know, you you always wonder like, well, how do I play at the next level? Like, can I play there? Is it that much different? And I remember the two guys that I faced, like right when I got there was Dakota Hudson from the Cardinals Mm -hmm. and uh, Sandy Alcantara, who's now with the Marlins. Yep. And I was like, holy shit, like, this level is ridiculous. Like, both are, like, 96 plus. <laughs> um, good secondary. Yeah. And and so I remember I had, like, one hit for, like, the first five games. And I was like, you know, like, good arms. Definitely a difference in, in uh, like, margin for error for the pitchers. Mm-hmm. And, and then all of a sudden, like, I don't know what happened but i was getting like two three hits a game uh, <laughs> you know and i was getting i was getting a lot of luck um and then we went to the southern division which was um where do we go we went to frisco which was the rangers and we went to midland and it was just kind of like one of those things where like it's hard to explain like you know you played but just like everything i hit just like found a hole well i don't and... know it i don't know i never was really good but I, I, I for the people listening some people some know what you're talking about <laughs> um but yeah so then uh i ended up you know fin- and the dance sucked too is i i think i was at like 360 and uh and then there was like a couple games where i like didn't get a hit maybe like an 0 for 5 I think my birthday I had like I was like 0 for 5 with two strikeouts or three strikeouts Fair. and then so then I dropped at 336 which I'm not complaining about but, I... um, <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, I went to the fall league after that so yeah definitely it put pushed me in the right direction and when you're hitting that well, I don't know if you're a superstitious dude, but I was. When I would go one yes. for four, I'd think I had a great day. Um, <laughs> so would, would you be just doing the same shit pregame? Like, would oh, if yeah. your sock wasn't put on, like, like your left sock wasn't put on first, are you like, yeah. I'm fucked? Like, it, for, what, oh, what, yeah. You're one of those dudes, sure. huh? Yeah, because, like, usually 
I'll change, you know, like I'll change before batting practice or like after batting practice, I'll change uh, and take a shower and then change into my uniform. And I'll have to like remember exactly like, okay, what did I take off? Like what sock did I take off first? Like, you know, like what yeah. hangers, like what pair of sliders that I wear yesterday? Yeah. Uh, what shower did I use? Uh, what sure. did I eat? And then I would just like roll from there. And like, you know, people were like, oh, try not to get superstitious. But like, they're not, when you're like doing well and just like, you don't want to mess it like, up. Nah, yeah. That's not going to be the reason why it gets messed up. Especially at that level, man. Especially when you're kind of on the brink of like going to the show and you're just mashing, obviously, 336. If you, if you, if you're mentally not there with the pregame routine and stuff, you're screwed. Like, obviously, being superstitious isn't that good. It's not healthy majority of the time, but it's, it's, it's a part of the pregame routine. So, do you eat something like pregame every time you play? Uh, now, it, what's easier now, just because. Yeah, you got the you have the a bigger spread and yeah. and then they can make you whatever you want. But you know, back then it was I'm trying I always eat fruit. Um just because they always have that. Yeah. Um it, but I'm telling you, like you go and make it through like so many innings without having to go to the bathroom when it's like Costco meatballs and <laughs> like just some like nasty frozen food you yeah. know yeah okay uh, i understand that so that makes sense i would stay away from that i respect that yeah i i really do i mean that's just showing showing that you care about your body but and have you yes. have you uh, dipped into the smelling salts aspect of the game or you're not a smelling salts oh, guy have i i think <laughs> i i've done it so much it doesn't even, it doesn't i don't even, even smell you. it anymore it's just like goes by my nose and i'm like what we need to get a pregame video of you doing smelling salts before like let's just say you're running out oh, to the absolutely. field uh that would break the internet if you want yep. to grow the game of baseball get a video of Braden bishop ripping <laughs> smelling salts pregame running to the absolutely. outfield it's incredible it's oh, it's we'll the most it. electric thing ever I'll Same with, I'll, i mean i'll do it mariners hire me i'll go in the dugout i'll, I'll film <laughs> Braden bishop taking smelling salts and you can fire me the day after i don't care i just want to see it and then, uh, and then another guy you came up with is a guy that I call the cowboy, Donnie Walton. What's oh what's your relationship like with Donnie? Because I saw you tweet the other day. He's the funniest dude in the Mariners organization. I agree. Yeah. What's it like playing with Donnie? And what's your funniest <laughs> Donnie Walton story? You like he's the guy you absolutely need in your clubhouse. Yep. Like need. Cause even like when he's down, like it's still hilarious. You know, like if he's if he's upset, like it's still funny, and yeah. he'll still laugh with you. Um, he's definitely like not only that, but he's just such a like for the boys, like everything he does, legend. and um, yeah, legend for sure. And gosh, I have so many Donnie stories. Um, let's see. It's my funniest Donnie story. But I was, well, one of them was him. So me and him were like, okay, let's live together in uh, Modesto. And so we find this apartment. It's like two bed, two bath. And it's small, though, because like it's California. <laughs> so like yeah, the rent is wild. And uh, so we get this apartment. And then two other teammates needed to stay. 
Uh, so we're like, hey, you can move in. So like one guy's living like in the kitchen, another guy's <laughs> living like by the fireplace. And then we had the two rooms and <laughs> I'll just never forget like, like Donnie is like, he's super, like, you know him. He's like very welcoming and like, he's like, yeah, bro, like whatever, like just come through. Easy whatever. going, yeah. Easy going. And so at, at some point, like he starts sharing a room with one of the guys and like I went in there one day and there was just shit everywhere. <laughs> and like, I don't know what happened, like whether it was just like the season or what, but I mean, there was shit everywhere and like shit that I didn't even know you brought. Like there was like TVs <laughs> and like shoes everywhere, like shirts. And I'm like, I just, like, I didn't understand how, how it turned from like him and I to then just an absolute pigsty. Four dudes. Yeah. Four. Yeah. <laughs> so just a minor league story, you know, that's electric. And here's a funny minor league story that Matt Festa told. I was wondering if you were there, if you were actually the culprit that did it. Um, he, <laughs> he told a story about a certain man that was at a bar. And I believe he, he pissed himself in the center of the bar on purpose. Do you remember that story? I don't remember that one. I must have been gone. It must have happened. Did that happen when they won? Oh, uh, yeah. It when happened they when they won. Happened okay. When they won. So I was, I had just left. So, anyways, the story goes I, I, and Matt Festa didn't say the name respectfully. Good guy, salt of the earth. He said that a, they did like the odds game where it's like one to 10. What are the odds you piss yourself in the middle of this bar? And, and it was one to 10 and Matt and Festa got him with the number. So the guy just lifted his hands up, went to the center of the bar and legitimately just pissed himself. So that, I mean, it, it's an insane story. That's minor league baseball, man. You, that's electric. That? Oh my God. That's incredible. You got to find out who story. that was. I wonder if he's still I gotta find, I'm going to do some digging on that one. <laughs> because he, that guy is a legend forever in this podcast. We made that story. It's a, just an electric story. And then man, Matt Fest is a good dude. I fucking love Matt. He Festa. is. He's, he's such awesome. a legend. I hope, I hope he, like, obviously he's coming back from surgery, but I hope yeah. he just like buzzes. I this do year. too. He will. I you guys have a lot of good dudes, bro. Like in your system, you have a lot oh, yeah. of good guys, man. You got Donnie Walton. I don't know how close you are with Jake Fraley, but he's a good dude yeah, oh, as yeah. well. He's and awesome. Then, yeah. Then you have uh, Matt Festa, Donnie Walton, all these guys, and then you. So it's just uh, what a system to be a part of. But a couple, yeah. like obviously, there was some turmoil in the system uh, like this week with your owner kind of talking shit pretty much. Like, I, so where, where were you when you found out, or, or your former owner, where were you when you found out that all this shit was just said, like just, a, a colossal meltdown this guy had yeah uh let's see where was i i think i was traveling to spring training and then like obviously anytime obviously anytime you see like that kind of attitude it uh i mean obviously like sparks emotions you know like players are hurt you know even though we understand that like that's like the business side and i think if you talk to any player you understand that that's the business side but like it like on my end and obviously like i wasn't named uh <laughs> it didn't like affect me like yeah so personally i understand like there's certain things in there like that affect generations of players but like that attitude does not reflect like any of the seattle fan base and like when i think about it like obviously i'm super grateful to put on 
the uniform, especially in Seattle. Like I have roots there. Um, but like, I don't put the uniform on for anybody, but the fans, you know, um, for sure. and like, they, they are our team. So like, even though we have owners and, and, uh, management stuff like that, you know, they make business decisions. We know that. I mean, you know that I think everybody knows that. Um, but at the end of the day, like the fans will precede us all, you know? So I think like that's the biggest thing for us. It's like, obviously we're going to be affected. Like it's emotional. Um, but I think we've done like such a good job of like really like listening to like our fans and like what they're saying. And I mean, we know they have our back. So, uh, um, it definitely like gives, I think us more pride to like put Seattle on and like go play in front of them, which hopefully we can this year. Um, because they, they're the community, you know, like they're, they are the Mariners. So. I think that's like what we've like the bigger message we've taken away from that. Dude, this guy got shit canned so fast from his jaw. I mean, the video was like all over Twitter. And then you yeah. look, you look, and he's just relieved of his duties. I mean, did you ever come in contact with Kevin Mather or Mather? I don't know how to say it, but did you guys yeah. ever have any conversations? And how did he kind of come across to you if you did? Yeah, I mean, our relationship was very like in passing yeah um but the majority owner john stanton um he's actually an awesome awesome dude um you know he obviously he's the majority owner um and i'm not like a you know i'm not like a big contract player or anything but he always stops and asks me how i'm doing and my family and my wife um you know, I think I think that's cool that he can do that, especially mm-hmm. being like as big as he is. Um, and so he's awesome. I really, really like John. And I think a lot of guys feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think, you know, I don't think Kevin was around us as much as John is. I don't think baseball has the kind of aspect that you see with like Mark Cuban, where the owner is so close with the team, right? Baseball needs that man. Because if you have a psychopath owner, like Mark Cuban, who's sitting behind the dugout, like going crazy during like the games and stuff, that's so cool to me because you see these owners in baseball, like you said, you've been in the system since 2015, correct? Or 20. Yeah. 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 And you've had what one conversation with Kevin Mather and he's one of the owner. Like it's, it's crazy to me. It really is crazy to me, but that's beside the fact, but he was talking about one guy and I got to ask you about this dude. Cause I've seen highlight videos of Mariners fans stroke themselves to this dude, Julio Rodriguez. Is it, what's yeah. is this dude legit? What, what's this dude? Yeah. like? Yeah. So like, I would say the best way I can make you picture it is like, if you like filled a sock with sand and then you hit a home run with that, like, just imagine that sound. It's kind of like a, yeah. Like when he hits the ball, it sounds like you shoot something out of a can. <laughs> like it's different. Like I was watching him take BP today and it's just like, I mean, it's ex- like explosive off his bat. And, you know, obviously he's super young. I think he's 20. So, so young. like he, he's got plenty of time. Um, you know, obviously people want him to be like the savior of Seattle, like right now. But I think by the time he's 25, he's gonna be if if he's not on like a tatis level i think it's gonna be pretty freaking close that's insane that yeah and, and if, yeah 
if you're a Mariners fan listening to this right now, you're probably saying, holy shit. Like, I mean, because obviously <laughs> right. you don't get to watch them that much, but just kind of hearing it from a guy that's seen it day in and day out at spring training, this guy's a freak. And another guy who's a freak who I've, who I, who I've had my eyes on for a while, he's also yoked. Jared, Jared Kellen, yeah. this guy is insane. His bat speed. What, what's yeah. it like? Like just watching him also. Yeah, he is. He, he actually is very similar in terms of like how he's received to what Tyler O'Neill was, mm-hmm. you know, like very mixed on like how people viewed him. Yeah. Um, so then like, you don't have like a clear picture of like, you know, like if, if somebody explains me, to you like you have a pretty good idea when you interact with me like yeah i kind of knew what i was getting into but with like kells like you don't really know but then you meet him you're like this dude is so dope and like chill and um he's like very confident um i mean obviously very talented and i think the coolest part about him and julio is like they have so much confidence in their ability um and i think in order to like take a team to the top you need that from your best players like where they never even if they're struggling like they don't question their ability they know it's like only a matter of time before they break out and uh i think that's what those two guys have and yeah he's he's another freak like just jacked and like he was like power cleaning like 325 yesterday oh like god. it was butter like it was oh my wild. god oh yeah. my god Dude, yeah. that's that's just insane. But and these and all, let's 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 go over to when you get the call to the show. You always everyone loves hearing these stories. When where were yeah. you? What happened? Did your manager prank you when you're getting the call to the show? What, what what's going on here? Yeah, I had a pretty unique story because we were going. It was 2019. We were going to Japan to play the A's, mm-hmm. and so like I knew that. They were taking, I think the roster was expanded from 25 to 26. And then I knew that they were taking four extra players. So I think it was like two pitchers, a catcher, and a position player, just like in case. So I was like, well, I know they're not going to take me as like an alternate because I think they would rather me stay and like get at bats and whatever at spring training, minor league spring training. And then I got to spring training and Malik Smith was our center fielder at the time and he had hurt his elbow. So I was like, holy smokes, like this is an opportunity because it's like a short spring training because we were going to Japan like middle of March. And so I was like, God, I got to do everything I can. And like, it was just kind of one of those things like kind of like in, and when I was in double A and I hit 336, like everything I hit that spring was a hit and it was barreled and I was like seeing the ball really well hitting a ton of doubles I think I hit three homers in like the 20 games we were there so like I definitely like took advantage of the opportunity and it was like maybe one week before we left like I think it was like Friday and we were leaving like the following Wednesday and we I still haven't heard anything but like my agent had told me like, Hey, if everything's the same, like you're going to go, but I hear things all the time and things aren't actually (laughs) the way it's said. So I remember we're taking BP on that Friday, like getting ready for the game. And our manager just like quickly pulled me aside during BP and he's like, Hey, like you can't tell anybody, but like, do you want to go to Japan? And I was like, (laughs) what? Like, yeah, I I think I I said, yeah, I think I was like, F yeah. 
and then he was like all right like you're going but like you can't tell anybody um until it's announced like next week or whatever but like tell your dad so he can get a flight out there and then um i called my wife and told her told my dad and then i had to keep it a secret for like a week and then um and then when i got so obviously that was super like anticlimactic i thought it was gonna be like you know pull a prank or whatever yeah. and then when we got over there we played two exhibition games against the Tokyo Giants and then the two against the A's and every time I had to replace Ichiro oh my god and he's like a he's like a hero over there so every <laughs> time I would go into the game I would get booed like crazy <laughs> like by like 50,000 people just booing me because they felt like I was taking him just the I don't know, just the the atmosphere, like make a debut in a foreign country where like you're with like literally the god of like Japan. <laughs> um and and then I ended up placing him against A's and then I had a my first on three straight pitches. Like I don't even remember. I don't even know if he threw the ball. Like <laughs> it was wild. But yeah, crazy. I mean it was crazy debut story and I, I just like what kind of booze were you getting in tokyo were you getting like when they announced roger goodell is gonna do like the like he's pres- presenting the, the super bowl <laughs> booze or like what kind of booze are you getting you're like a rod booze yeah. no, no, i don't think they were like i think it was like we're blaming you for taking him out booze like i was <laughs> the one making the call you know like like i was choosing to go take him out um <laughs> but it was great because it was like it would happen like everywhere because you know like they're like hey you're gonna play right uh this trip and then so he would like literally it was like this serious it'd be like during bp and like i'm hitting three he's hitting two so, like well he's on the first group he's doing like defense and right field and there's like twenty-five thousand people like around right field right and he's like catching balls behind his back and like putting on a show and so then his group ends so like he has to go in and hit so then i like slowly make my way like along the fence so they like don't see me and then i like slowly walk into right field and then i start taking balls and they start booing me oh my god like yeah like they were just like waiting and then uh and then obviously like they're in the game and the thing that would suck is it wasn't like a subtle like position change it was like hey let's let Ichiro run out and then we'll take him off and then you'll run out there because you know they want it's a show like they they, he deserved like just that whole you know whatever uh you know because he's retiring but it just sucked because I was like okay what do I do like give him a high five on his way back in so they really know (laughs) that like (laughs) uh, that's that's electric yeah, and, that was and I, crazy. And I gotta ask you because obviously you you you've seen a lot of guys that are nasty and all that kind of stuff. Have you ever mm-hmm. been starstruck while playing? Like, or was Ichiro one of those guys that you were like starstruck? You're like, I have no idea what to say to this dude because this guy's the oh, goat. My, for sure, that was the first. Let's see. So yeah, Cano would probably be like Cano and Cruz and Felix were probably like my first. Yeah. 
where I was just like, damn, like I was just like watching these dudes on TV like last year. Um, But they were like super cool to me. Like Felix is super dope. Um, And then, um, and then Ichiro signed with us in, I think was it 19 or 18? I'm not, I'm assuming assuming Yeah, 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 18. Um, Yeah, yeah, it was 18. So he, so he signed with us and then came to spring training and they like put him in my stretch line. Oh my and I'm God. like a non-roster invite. Like I'm keeping my mouth <laughs> shut. Like, and like, he's in my stretch line and like the Japanese media is like taking pictures of our stretch line. And I'm like, giving him like, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, but he was like, so dope. Like, just like, you know, super, like he, you know, he obviously has his translator, but he's, you know, he speaks English and um, especially if it's just like you and him, you know, like, mm. and I remember we were doing pop-up priorities, I think, uh, or maybe like cuts and relays. And he was, we we're, it was just him and I in center together. Oh my God. So for like 20 minutes, it was just him and I, you know, just like, Hey, where, you know, he, where are you from? You know, I asked him where in Japan do you live? And like what's it like over there you have any kids like whatever but it was just like the first time i was like damn like i just had like a full conversation with With each (laughs) like this is great like it was normal you know um and then i would say on another team i got to second base in houston and had like bregman and altuve okay yeah and it was like a close call so they reviewed it so it was like me altuve and bregman talking and it was just like so normal. And like when it ended, I was like, I just, like I was <laughs> like that was just like so normal. Like that shouldn't yeah. be normal, you know. That's um, but yeah, it's crazy. Even like seeing like trout and stuff, you're just like, damn, what's up, Mike? And then you're like, Holy, that's trout. Like, damn. Dude, I you guys don't realize that as much, I guess, because it's kind of your job, but yeah. I just have you got that opportunity to kind of step back and be like, Man, I'm in the fucking show. Like I'm yeah. in major league. I'm in the major league. Oh yeah. No, I think I do it. I like maybe it's just because like circumstance um, or like opportunity, and maybe it's like maybe it's different if like you make it to the show and like you start immediately and yeah. like you ball. You know, like K. Lou, where he like made it to the big leagues, start immediately, wins rookie of the year, mm. um, and you know he's fought through like crazy stuff to like get to that point. But, like, for me, it was, like, I got to the big leagues, got hurt. Um, so then I'm, like, will I ever get the opportunity again? And then I did. And and then I lost it because I got sent down. And then – so then I'm always, like, every time I get up there, I'm, like, damn, I'm never taking this for granted. You know, like, just even from, like, the food to, like, when you step out there and you see, like, the three decks and just all the, like, stuff that comes with it. You know, like, I'll never – I'll never take that for granted because I've, like, seen, like – you have it okay you get sent down like will i ever get it again um but so like for me like i definitely have that perspective of like damn like this is i'm so lucky to just even like be here dude it it is right and you're one of those good guys man i mean you're one of the like even talking to you and the listeners can even attest to this you're one of these good guys where you like use your platform to do good too like you're not Mm -hmm. just a baseball player and that's why a lot of guys like a lot of people respect who you are but there's one guy actually he's a mariners super fan he came on the show he's a twitch streamer day holy grail i don't know if you know who he okay. is he, he t- you tweeted at him yesterday or a couple days ago actually answering a question from him he said that like 
you just haven't really got your kind of fair shake yet. Like you haven't yeah. got like consistent at bats and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So going into this year, man, you're going to, I think you're like, I'm assuming cause you're already at big league camp. You're going to start getting that fair shake sooner than later, man. So what's kind of one thing you're like taking into your mindset going into spring training this year? Um, I think the biggest thing is like that I've realized is like, even if you put in like crazy amount of work even if like everybody says you deserve it that doesn't really mean that you're gonna get the opportunity yeah. you know um and and then you also could be faced with somebody else got an opportunity and made the most of it and it has nothing to really do with with you um so like for me the my biggest thing is like I really got to be like true to myself because at the end of the day, like if I handle my business and, you know, let's say Seattle, like wants to go in a different direction. Mm -hmm. Well, I still, it'll put me in a position of like, hopefully somebody else is watching, you know? Um, and like, I don't know the direction that the Mariners want to go. You know, I know like obviously you have a Julio and Kelnick coming up and, you know, there's some other good young players. Um, so I'm not really sure like where I fit, but like at the end of the day, like I can't really like complain control. about that. Exactly. Yeah. And like, it is like cliche to say control what you can control. Um, but like, I think you really have to be like intentional to the work that I'm doing. Cause if I do like last year, for example, like it got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm not going up the rest of the year. Like, they have who they want. Like, there's, like, five games left. And then it was two injuries in one day. So then I was, like, the guy. And, like, I never allowed myself to just, like, check out and be like, this is so unfair. You know, yeah. like, I should be there. Because everybody feels that way. But that's not the reality. But, like, when I did get moved up, I was like, I got to just, like, one day at a time like really like focus on what i need to try and help us win and then you know i played pretty well so i think it's just like that mindset of like i have to stay ready and like i have sure. to keep working so when i do get the opportunity if i do i make the most of it i think i think it also can be said just getting consistent at bats. And that's one thing that I don't really understand in the game of baseball is, is how can you judge a guy when he plays? And I'm not saying this for you, for instance, when he plays one game and then he sits for five, six days, doesn't see any live pitching. And then you throw him in against literally yeah. in the seventh inning against like a setup dude, like a guy throwing 98. Yeah. It's impossible yeah. to judge guys no, like that. You got to give him a fair shake. And I guess you kind of, it's insane to just think about, sitting playing sitting playing sitting playing but yeah, have you kind of so adopted hard. it have you adopted that like what do you do to it do you hit off the machine what are you doing when you're like uh, yeah. sitting playing yeah i think you, like at first it's like damn this is unfair like it's hard this is impossible mm -hmm. but then it, you like come so far it's like nobody cares that it's impossible like for sure you because you, you, there's guys who make millions of dollars as like a fourth outfielder as a pinch hitter um because they like find a way to like be productive and so like for me last year I started messing around with uh I would like go in the cage and I would hit like off the velocity machine and then I would have one of the coaches in there like throw like he was a pitcher so like curveball sliders fastballs change-ups 
I'd go through like full at bats. So then at least I was like competing. And then when I would get in the game, obviously it wasn't the same, but at least I still had a mentality of like, I seen spin, I hit below, you know, so then I feel like I could compete. And then also one thing that helped me was like, I started putting myself back in like a college mentality a little bit where it's mm-hmm. like, you only play Friday, Saturday, Sunday in college, and then you sit the whole week True. and then play Friday. Yeah. So it was like, I kind of thought about like, okay, I'm just going to put myself back in college. Like I'll play three days a week and I I'll sit four. And then it really helped. Cause then I could, you know, then it wasn't so much like I was looking for the excuse of why I wouldn't do well. Mm-hmm. I was like finding the reason why I can do well. So yeah, and, that helped too. And, and another factor that major league teams can look at is you're having a son soon. So there's dad strength you have to attest to, correct? <laughs> I mean, major league, like that checks the boxes right there. Yeah, and, all, and and you post on Instagram, I kind of had PTSD from this. You posted a picture of your son of your future son's shoes. Yeah. And I'm having PTSD because as many who know on this podcast, I actually had a fuck up and I bought 11 youth children's shoes, 11 child Jordan 11s. <laughs> So if you, if your son ever needs Jordan 11s from his Canadian Godfather, I got you, bro. Yeah, let's go. I got you, man. I mean, <laughs> wow, the $350 shoes that I just, I thought they were 11 men's. They were actually 11 youth or children. So if your son ever needs wow. 11, I'm not going to be wearing them. So I got <laughs> what you. What a letdown. I got you, bro. Massive, massive letdown. Wow. But a, a couple more things here. The second last thing I wanted to bring up is you haven't hit your first major league nuke yet. What's yeah. going to be, are you going to be bat flipping? What's going on here? Like, have you thought about the celebration? <laughs> Honestly, I'll probably be so shook that I'll be like at third base when it clears the fence. So you'll be like, that guy. You'll be that guy. That's yeah, just yeah. like dead sprint, like 60 yard dash dude. <laughs> I am. I am the worst at judging home. Like I will absolutely hammer a ball and be at second. And everybody's like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, I didn't think it was out. Like, <laughs> Maybe it's because, like, you know, as like as I was growing up, I was never a home run hitter. Mm-hmm. So I just got I got such bad feel. And like I played for a coach in college. It was like you hit a homer, you sprint. Oh, okay. um, so that took a while to break that one. Now I enjoy it a little bit. Have you came close a couple times? Like, has there been a couple instances in the in the show where you've been like, man, that ball should be out like that should be a nuke? The the we were in Oakland at the end of the year and I hit the base of the wall and like, I That's hit it really it. well, but it was kind of low. So I was like, damn, like if I just hit it a little higher. Yeah. And then uh, there was one against Texas at home and I like short hopped the, the, the wall in right field for a double. Oh my and God. I was like, damn, like it's so close, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard. Like when you're, you only get so many ABs, you know, and it sucks because like in the minors, in the minors, I had like eight, eight, and like last year on the alternate side, I had like six or seven. Jesus Christ. So it's like, it's there, but I just need to get up there. Dude, and and like I said, once you get those consistent ABs, like, I mean, hitting, like, I don't even think the ball travels that well in Oakland and that's a massive park too. So that ball, it's crazy if you like, if you really looked into it and you were like, this ball would be a nuke at Rogers. I know. I know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's insane, man. And this, this another thing I wanted to bring up is who's one pitcher you face in the majors so far where you're like this, what this guy's throwing is not a baseball. Like this is a Frisbee. Garrett Cole. <laughs> Garrett Cole. All right. That's a good answer. Like, it, like he's, 
it's crazy because like I didn't face Berlander the night before, but then we faced Cole the next day. And like he punched like 20 guys that day. And like guys are coming back to the dugout like, bro, I would rather face Berlander. <laughs> and it's like, uh no, no, no on both. Please. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, he's uh, you know, like I think a lot of guys will say, like, you don't really make your money off the ones and twos. You you gotta make them off like a three, four, five. Yeah, and the bullpen. Um man. yeah, right. And and so like just being able to see it see it was cool because it's you know there's he's a one percenter you know what was running Uh, through your head though what was running like for instance you step in that batter's box right yeah you go from facing like the guys at the not the guys the alternate side but you go from facing like triple a dudes double a dudes and you look at the mound and it's the 300 million dollar man garrett cole the most what's running through your mind man yeah he so i remember i was hitting like eighth i think and I was like, I'm going to like cheat, you know, because he's throwing 99. So I'm like, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to try and pull it. And he threw me a first slider to hit the grass and I swung at it. (laughs) So I was like, damn, he's got me. (laughs) Like, (laughs) He's got me at this point. Um, But I remember I like fouled off. I actually had some like pretty good at bats against him. Like it wasn't just like one, two, three, sit down, Mm -hmm. see ya. You know, like I got behind every time and he punched me out. But, uh, you know, I took, like, some good sliders, uh, fouled off a couple of his heaters, but, like, his heaters are, like – They they like, have an extra it's, zip. It, it's like he shoots it out of a cannon on his <laughs> on his shoulder. It's, like, it's crazy. Uh, that yeah, guy is – He's different. That guy is insane. Who else have you faced? Yeah. Like, who's a couple other big names that you've played? Obviously, Verlain. You didn't say, you didn't say Verlain. Yeah. But... No, I had uh, – well, actually, my – uh, when I got brought up in 19, so my first major league at bat was against Liam Hendricks. Oh, my Who's throwing, like, 99-100. And then my second at bat was against Cole Hamels. Oh, my, my God. My second game, Cole Hamels. Third game, John Lester. What uh, the? Fourth f- game. Yeah, fourth game, CC Sabathia. Fifth game, J.A. Happ. And then... Lester again, Kyle Hendricks. That's unfair. And, and then it was Cole. And then what was the next? Musgrove. <laughs> so it was like I wasn't show. getting like, yep, I wasn't getting like easy harms, you know. <laughs> that is like idiotic. The amount like that stretch yeah. of pitchers you faced is bananas yeah. to me. That's I that's yeah. just bananas. And when you got that, and then for- this year, this year it was. Kershaw, Urias, um, and then shit. and then it was Andrew Heaney. So it was like every team's like one and two. For so you, like were, you, two were the sh- you were getting the short end of the stick. Like, are you looking at the manager and like the GM saying, are you seeing this shit? Are you seeing these <laughs> dudes I'm going up against, man? Yeah. yeah, I guess I'm like hoping that they see that. Yeah. <laughs> but like at the same time, it's like a great experience because it's like when it, you know, when I'm done playing, hopefully in a while, um, yeah. I could sit back and be like, yeah, no, I face, you know, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. That's, and, yeah, that's electric. Yeah. That, I mean, that's sick. And another thing I wanted to bring up is those Dick's shoes, Dick's driving oh, shoes yeah. you have. That yeah. shit is fire. What, what's yeah. the backstory on that? Where did you get those? So D, D Gordon, had, he loves in and out 
like loves it and can't blame him but he had in and out shoes customized and he wore them for a game and so like they got you know mob got it posted it like it's everywhere and so he ended up getting a warning because uh, you're not like last year you weren't allowed to wear anything like that yeah where it was like promoting a brand out of boy rob manfred out of boy yeah <laughs> um so <laughs> So he gets a warning, right? Which I mean, I think he knew he was gonna get, but he doesn't care. He yeah. it. And so then Dix found out, and they posted. Um, I think they might have tagged like a couple of us. I think like Marco was one, I was one, so a couple other people. And so I hit him back, and it was during the Washington wildfires, mm-hmm. uh, Washington, Oregon. And I hit him back. I was like, because uh, they said we'll customize cleats for you. And we'll give you a thousand dollars worth of dicks money to like Holy buy shit. food. And so I said, I'll do it. Um, but you have to donate that thousand dollars to the firefighters who are fighting the so basically like give them food. Yeah. And they were like, Okay, let's do it. So we got on the phone, like sent them the cleats, they customized them, and then like I guess when I had they the MLB had seen this back and forth. So then immediately they put me on the, the list to the umpire. So like if I were to step on the field, then I would get fined immediately. Uh, so like the MLBPA like reached out to me and just basically said like, Hey, you know, don't wear them. What a bunch and, of dummies. What? And I'm not, I'm not a big money player. So like, I can't just be like, no, I'm going to wear them. Uh, so yeah. I told Dick and they were cool about it. They just said like, make sure you post a picture. I did. I still have them. So what a bunch of dummies like raw like you want to grow the game of baseball you have trevor bauer who's wearing joe kelly cleats which are electric saying if you're not going to be allowed <laughs> to play if you wear those like how do you expect to grow the game of baseball when you have guys wanting to wear a drive-in cleats for charity does rob manford had, hate charity some people are asking i don't know i don't know what's going on here but this this, yeah. the, this is the second last thing i want to bring up i know i said that earlier can you stick can we get on the record that this is the most electric baseball podcast on the planet or that you've ever been on let's get that on the record absolutely that's 100 percent. i mean i'm a big Braden bishop and hunter bishop guy i guess you could say i was i wanted to mention this i i'm gonna end i'm gonna try to find a way to end this show with his song i'll go are you a big fan yeah, of that song yeah i love it that song's Talk such a electric. that song's such a bad. I think I played it, not over exaggerating, fifteen times today at the gym. Yeah, like I, I'm not, sure. it's just a <laughs> banger of a tune. So it is. It I'm gonna is. end it with that. But the last question I wanted to ask you is this: What would you say is your favorite moment so far in your career? What a question, by the way, to end the show. Humble brag. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Let's see. So obviously, I think I would definitely say the Japan trip. Obviously, but I would say <laughs> so. I had heard that and this is a weird one, but like, I enjoy it. Cause it just kind of like it encapsulates like Boston. And uh, so I'd heard that Boston is notorious for like really getting on players. Mm-hmm. So we're playing it at Fenway and I go out to stretch and I'm stretching and I'm facing the, the center field wall. And so you hear all the fans behind you. So I hear I like a kid's voice. And he was like, Bishop, 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 you know, Bishop, Bishop. And I'm not turning <laughs> around. Bishop, Bishop. Finally, I'm like, damn, like, what's happening? So I turn around and he looks at me. And it's probably like a 12-year-old. And he goes, 
fuck you. <laughs> and I was like, that's and I was like, the, our strength coach was laughing. Like, and I was like, what? The, and they're like, Google it, go Google it. So I Googled it and I saw like kidness and like it happened to like a bunch of guys. Um, and I guess I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, but I just thought that was hilarious because like they're so passionate in Boston. It makes playing there so fun. Dude, that's – and their stories, I mean, I think Joe Musgrove actually told this story when he's playing in like uh, a Yankee stadium and there's fans legit spitting on you. Like no regard yeah. for you. Like those two stadiums yeah. are crazy. You, I'm assuming you, you got a chance to play at Yankee Stadium as well, right? Yeah, crazy. Are those crazy. fans fucked? Like those fans have to be just oh my. bananas. And it's it's crazy because in their new spot, they have like a standing room above the batter's eye. So when I was playing center, I was just getting worn out. <laughs> like it's like the innings over, and you're like, thank God, I need to go back in. Like yeah, you know, like it's just they're so passionate, and it's uh, Yankee Stadium is like a baseball mecca. Like it's so big that. And the lights are so bright that like you can't even see the third deck from the field. Holy Because it's like so high and so bright. It's crazy. That's insane, man. Anyways, though, dude, I mean, after this interview, I might have to you could see the jerseys behind me, a couple jerseys sent out. I might have to get a Braden Bishop jersey. Yeah, we're gonna have to get one back. There, so I might have to yeah. retire you on the podcast wall. Like your jersey <laughs> might have to get retired. A whole jersey ceremony. Yeah. But anyways, man, I really appreciate you doing this. Mariners fans, you got a good one with this guy. Hopefully the Jays make some sort of acquisition to get Braden Bishop on the Jays. We'll figure that out. Need a couple <laughs> outfielders. So, anyways, though, man, I, I really appreciate you doing this. You're a legend. I can't wait for the people to listen to this and good luck this year bro i'm really fired up for you man no doubt thanks for having me
other side, can you just breathe in me now? 